Welcome to the show. Great to be with you. Paul George, Deacon Bear, the conk, anator in studio. Great to be with you today. Thanks for listening to the show on the podcast, wherever you are, or on KLFT Radio here in uh, nice and cool Acadiana. (laughs) Did you say someone's pipe busted underneath the Yeah, the church. We lost the pipe. Because of the heat. To heat, which I didn't know was possible. I didn't know that was possible either. Yeah, I mean, they're older pipes because it's a, I mean, the parish was established in 1765. 17, that's a few years ago. Yeah, so it's been around a while. Who founded it? Uh, some Catholics. Um, was it a priest, a missionary the priest? The first or? priest. 1765. I think it was Father Barrier. I could be wrong. It was, it was, he was one, he's the guy who also founded the cathedral. Did he have a Derrier? He did. Mm. And he risked that Derrier because back in the day, you came here, you were a missionary. So that's you, French, by the way. Yeah. We and, know French. We, oui. And you get on a horse, and you ride all day just to preach the gospel. That's the stuff they did back then. I would then. love to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you risk your life because you're evangelizing Native Americans, which mm. they did. And, uh, in fact, the parish was originally called St. Joseph of Atacapal, like the Atacapal Indians. It was a oh, mission nice. outpost for the Indians. I love that. For the Native Americans, and uh, look at you with your history, <sighs> man. Ball, but that's how long that pipe's been there. <laughs> it's not there anymore. No, it popped. It popped. Pop, popped that pipe. Yeah, you got to bury your pipes deep in the ground, whether it be cold or apparently hot. Apparently hot, which I think is outrageous. <clears throat> yeah. So I got a new segment of the show today. So if everybody's listening in, um, I brought you a box. So what's there's the a name, box in the, the, name in, of this in the studio right now, uh, and the box is closed, pretty much wrapped, oh, wow. and uh, Adam doesn't know what's in it. That's so Adam true. has to unpack the box, open it up, and whatever's in it is a surprise. So we get to name this new segment? Maybe surprise, surprise? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> hot box. Hot box! We got a hot box! All right. So how do how does it work? You just open it up and you talk. You just talk about what's what's in there. <laughs> did, you, did you just pile a bunch of stuff in your in this box when you left the office? Like, yeah. It's just you know I I All thought right. a lot about this and right, then I'm opening it's up. just for you. It nothing's gonna bite you. By the way. Ooh. Now I know why you're carrying it carefully. Yes. You got why hot, is that? hot coffee in here. I brought you a coffee. It's still hot in the box. That's it's, awesome. It is hot. Thank it's you, man. Yeah. It's a hot box. It's a hot box of coffee. So Don't you good. love surprises, though? I do. Like you're, you know, you're like a kid, even though it's just a box with stuff in it. I love giving surprises. I mean, getting surprises, but giving, I'm not. All right, so, so getting is awesome. Opening up the box. This is a half-used thing of uh, painter's tape. Yeah, see, what I didn't realize is that your pipe's busted. <gasps> this will help. And the tape will help. Yeah, oh. do something. You needed that. Um, okay. This looks like... What does it look like? Like a mask, maybe? Or a really big... Sh- no, this is a piece of a mask. No, right? no. Th- that is a um, wristband, like if your wrist or your ankles hurt. Really? Yeah, you wrap it around there and you Velcro it. You don't need it anymore? No, but I figured that you would be working out or... <laughs> yeah, because you know me so Fixing well. pipes or something underground. Thanks, man. And then there's like a million Holy Grit books. Actually, 20. 20, which matches the number I told you I needed. You needed 20 books. Gosh. Yes. 
What a hot box. Yeah. So you're going to, what are you going to do with the books? Well, we're excited because uh, at the parish this fall, we're starting a Wednesday night formation program for the whole family. Nice. I like yeah. that. It's an hour and a half. What are y'all calling it? Macredi Soir. See, the French, you're learning French today. We have a French segment? Like, is it, what's going on? Hot box. Le hot box. <laughs> I don't know how to say hot box in French. Um, uh, show. Benito. Box show. No. Uh, Macredi Soir is a fancy way of saying Wednesday night. Really? Because that's all that means in French. Okay, break that down for us. Macredi. Macredi is Wednesday. Is Wednesday. And Macredi. then soir. Soir. Night. Wednesday night. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you said bonsoir. That's right. What does that mean? Well, bonsoir is good night, good but night. Vos, bonsoir, I don't know. Bad night? Bad night. Dark night? Soir bon. Soir no bon. No bon. <laughs> Pas bon. <laughs> Ça c'est bon. Ça c'est bon. It means good, right? That's very good. Yes. So we're doing these whole family formation nights. So the idea is it's an hour and a half. We have adoration. Mm-hmm. We have evening prayer, vespers. We have a meal. Wow. And we have a small group or a class. Wow. And it happens every night, every Wednesday, and there's child care. So the whole family could come, and there's a meal involved, so you don't have to worry about cooking That's you get back home. great. And we're doing a, a men's group with Holy Grit, and Can- we're excited. They're, start, they're starting to sign up, Paul. Can I join your parish? Of course. This is, this is like, fascinating. Yeah. Well, anything with food and prayer yeah. and fellowship. That's the Christian way. Sounds, like, very intriguing to me. And the best thing is, like, small town, community. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're probably not driving 40 minutes to, like, you know, in the middle of the, you know, the week. You have to put up with traffic. Yeah. Put up with traffic, mm-hmm. you know. This is great. Yeah, and I'm 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 excited, and the men are excited about Holy Grit. Uh, so what we're gonna do is with the women. There's not a Holy Grit for women yet, yet. But I yep. told you you need to write one. But um, with women saints, but they, we did find a book uh about some women martyrs, <laughs> and so our men and our women were gonna be looking at the lives of the saints, you know, and men are gonna go on that journey, uh, this masculine Holy Grit journey and then the women are going to go on something similar with martyrs who are gritty women i mean wow all women saints are yeah totally gritty right yeah. but women martyrs it's like okay that's great next level so we, we hope to get a lot of grit in our men and women this fall you've blown my mind today. holy grit yeah you usually don't impress me this much yeah but you, yeah you know. i could tell well your new role at the parish is what what is it director of evangelization yeah so like you're setting up a lot of this you know, new outreach, this family mm-hmm. outreach, youth, youth, you know, youth ministry, all of it together, family, men and women, marriage, and so like you've been able to really kind of begin to cre- create the the community and the and the formation that you want. So that's great. Yeah, and it, hopefully it helps us reimagine what uh, formation looks like, and the parishioners get in the habit of coming to church, like for mass, and then for something formative. Okay. And then when they have CCD or confirmation or first communion, it's all going to happen at that time too. So it's not something extra. Nice. So if everybody can just look, come to mass, come to Wednesday formation night, then we can all get a very uh transformative experience. And you'll learn a little French apparently. We Okay, so everything in the box, out of all the things in the box, what were you most excited about? Be honest. Most excited about well yeah. the the books cuz we need to do that. Yeah. Second, uh, the coffee. Okay, because I'm, I do love coffee. I figured that would be 
Yeah, yeah. No, the books. I mean, look, I uh, I read the book twice. So once when I got it, and then once when we went through the uh, Holy Grit. Mm-hmm. And um, it is it is a unique opportunity. You read it with your son, right? Well, he didn't quite finish it, no, so it's, we, it's difficult. He's yeah, he's a teenager. Mm-hmm. But he read a bit of it, but he had so much homework. So how do all all Adam. all boys' school reach out to me? They're going to require it a required reading for their seniors. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I think by senior year, it's a good read, and then young adults and adult men. You know, because maybe like younger teenagers, you know, I mean, some of those saints are like hard to wrap your mind around. Is at least like the life lessons there? Because I think as a young right. teenager, you haven't yet lived enough life to kind of be like, oh, that makes sense. Right. You know, but yeah. And I think it, um, it does get you on the right foot as far as what these saints really were like. Cause, you know, I've read a lot about the Saints before. I've thought a lot about the Saints before. I've prayed with the Saints before. Um, but to appreciate the manliness of these Saints, mm-hmm. this book is like gave me that gift. Right. So and it, and I want to imitate that their manliness, um, and not just in ways that are kind of like obvious, but things like well, I need to work with my hands more. Mm-hmm. Like I need to. Um, uh, be martyred. Be more grounded. I need to seek martyrdom. Yeah, that would that would be good. <laughs> I need to be grounded. I need to uh, to really uh, face those hard things in life that are not. Sometimes it's easier to think about the big things that need to happen in the church. Let me go do that. But sometimes the most effective and fruitful things for my holiness are very small and ordinary. I just avoid them. Yeah. And so the saints just didn't do that. I mean, there's this art in their manliness mm-hmm. that. You know, they had an attentiveness to the small and ordinary, very necessary things that God wanted to do in their life. Right. And that uh, the book brings that out, which I thought was awesome. That's great. Well, that was the point of it. So, good idea. Well, you did it. There you go. You actually did something. Okay. So, do you have a, have you seen? What did you say? That is so interesting. For real though? Paul, you ever just trying to do something good and like things just happen like they, they just make it hard you're just trying to do a good thing just it, trying to do the right thing it might have been like the story of my l- childhood like like just as a little boy you know a mischief mm-hmm. always had good intentions i would say mm-hmm. those intentions didn't always roll out the best yeah you know yeah yeah right or like something happens that's one in a million chance but of course it's going to happen to me as i'm trying to do something good. productive or good right it's going to go south okay. in a way that's like totally unpredictable. Mm. But that's... Okay, well, this this is what happened to Peggy Jones. Peggy. Poor Peggy. She lives in Texas near Beaumont, which is not far from us. Right. But that's like two hours from yeah, here. Yeah, East Texas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She lives near Beaumont, and she was cutting her grass. That's a good thing. Comment ça va? She was on that lawnmower, and it was hot. Right. Because this was uh, like last week. Okay. Yeah, it's hot. So it was hot in Beaumont. Yeah. She, but she's getting it done. Peggy gets it done. <laughs> so she's riding along on a on a lawnmower tractor. Okay. And uh, the snake falls out of the ground of the sky. Out of the tree. Like no, 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 not out of the tree. Not out of like a she's tree. in a field. No trees. The snake falls out of the sky, wraps itself around her arm. Are you making this up? No, this happened. Wraps itself around her arm, and then starts to bite. And she's on a lawnmower. So she's like, ah, and she's waving her arm in the air, like trying to get the snake off, you yeah. know? But she also has to take care of this lawnmower she's on. Right. 
Then this hawk swoops oh, down see. and g- seeks to grab the snake, which obviously it dropped from the sky. Gotcha. That's how the snake ended up. But in so doing, just like ripped up poor Peggy's arm. What? Yeah, so grabs the snake. So this she got bit by a snake. This is like one of those things where you say, what are the odds? <laughs> right. There's zero, but there's actually <laughs> odds on this now. This happened. Yeah, because there's odds now. So in the same like few minutes, she goes from peaceful lawnmower ride to getting snake bitten. Well, and squeezed by a snake. And then like mauled up by a hawk's claws Holy on her arm. smoke. She is fine now. She, she went to the hospital. She didn't die. Yes, and uh, there was a little bit of trauma fight for the snake with the hawk. So it didn't. It had to, she said it, it came at least four times to try to get it. Was it a poisonous snake? Um, she, she you know, know, it doesn't say that. This is like a nightmare scenario. Like I don't know if you're friends with snakes, but like I, I don't like snakes. I, I'm not like a. I don't I run. I don't want them around me. It doesn't matter. I don't have mm-hmm. time to look to see if they're poisonous or not poisonous. You know, right. like I'm not like, oh, red and yellow, red and orange, whatever, red and black. Right. You know, the whole like formula you're supposed to use. Yeah. You know? I, I, I don't have time for that. No, I never got time for that. I don't, you know, so like I would have, you know, freaked out <laughs> if a snake fell out of the sky and landed on me. Like no trees around, just no falls. trees. Yeah. But it makes sense. Like he, the 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 hawk probably caught it, was flying, and it fell out, and then boom, you know. So well, some might say she's unlucky, but Peggy didn't say that. She did not. What did she say? You know what she said? <laughs> what she said? I feel like the luckiest person alive. What to have survived this? Apparently, it was a venomous snake. Oh, what a positive attitude. Yeah. I mean, that is wild stuff. Um, wild, wild stuff. Wild stuff. Wow. Wow. I would have, like, yeah. Like, I don't know. I would have, like, probably died of the heart attack, not the snake bite. Yeah. Pretty frightening. Like, the hawk thing wouldn't have bothered me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not afraid of a bird, even if it was, like, attacking me. Um, but a snake, yeah, I would have, I would have, you know. What would you have done if there would have been a snake in the box? <laughs> I would have thrown the box at you. No, really. Like if you were out, like opened it up and there was a snake. I would have tossed it in your direction and walked out. And just been like, I'm done with you. You're dead to You're me. You're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> you, how do you say that in French? I you, don't know. You know, you're dead to me. To mort. Yeah, th- that's kind of like a joke I'm not into. Snakes. Yeah. Well, with good reason. I mean, the devil is depicted as a serpent, as mm-hmm. a snake. I mean, there's a yeah. There's a reason for that. And um Yeah, so I'm impressed with with Peggy Jones. If you're out there, Peggy, great attitude there. Mm. Well, you know, there's a town for those of you who don't live, you know, in between us and Beaumont. Beaumont's basically, you know, I-10 West, sa- same demographic, same typology you know, same weather, everything. It's just right down the road, just right over the border of Texas. It's hot there. Mm-hmm. In between us and there, not maybe not directly in between, but not far from us, is a city called Rain, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. R-A-Y-N-E, not R-A-I-N. However, it's called the frog capital of the world, okay? 
Did you know this? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so history tells us, or the story goes as, the reason it got the f- name Frog Capital of the World, and they have like a festival called the Frog Festival, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You following me? Oh, yeah. They're into frogs. So for those of you who don't live around here in Louisiana, every like little city or town or parish, which is a county here, has like a festival. Corn Festival, the Boudin Festival, the Couchon Delay Festival, um, the Festival craw- Festival, Crawfish Festival, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not making this up. No, you're not. Okay. They have the Frog Festival. Okay. Reigns the, the frog capital of the world. Now, the story goes is this, and I don't know how true it is, but they swear that one day it rained frogs, that something with the evaporation evaporated like within the water and in the clouds was just little frogs and like and when it rained frogs were coming down from the clouds oh my goodness that's the story i swear now i have to look that up yeah yeah look it up it's Mm. possible so anyway it's possible to rain frogs yeah i could deal with frogs all day but not snakes (laughs) okay let's take a quick break and we'll be right back Healthcare that works better and costs less Seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance, all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-387-8533. That's 844-387-8533. The song goes out to Peggy Jones. She's going to ride her lawnmower again, Paul. I bet she is. Hey, it's the most positive attitude I've ever seen. I'm the luckiest person alive. The luckiest person alive. (laughs) I got attacked by a bird and a snake. (laughs) Within seconds. Within seconds. Uh, great to be with you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for listening on the podcast on the radio. Great to be with you today. You got Deacon Adam the Bear Conk in studio. He got a gift today, a box full of goodies. I got the hot box. You got the hot box. Um, <clears throat> it's your turn. You have to bring the hot box next. Okay. It'll be anything in it. Okay. All right. I'm into this. Let's let's bring out the hot box. Um, and got lots going on. What a great week of Saints. August is like packed with saints. I don't know it if is. you guys keep up with the saints or read about the saints. And look, there's so many you can never stop if you wanted to read or catch up. Like I spent my whole life I won't know or read about every saint, but you know, there's saint calendars and you can see who's that day or who you know, multiple saints that day or whatever. But like what this week is like Saint Dominic, Saint Lawrence, Saint Clair of Assisi, um some I don't know. Um, St. Maximilian Colby. He's a dude. Come on. He's in your book. I mean, this is, yeah, he he, he has a chapter. Uh, this is pretty good. Very good. Yeah. Well, in August has, there's two months that have these, I call them uh, octaves of Our Lady, but there are two big uh, feasts of Our Lady within a week of each other. Okay. Exactly. So uh, we make sure we... As a family, honor Our Lady in a special way during that octave, let's say. So between the Assumption on the 15th and the Queenship of Mary on the 22nd, um, try to go all out Mary, which which we do. 
We're going to be doing All Out Mary this year. All Out Mary. September has another one. You got Mary's birthday on the 8th and then um, the 15th or 16th of the uh, Our Lady of Sorrows. So honor, honor your mother, folks, this month, next month too. Wow. What yeah. a great month. Yeah, it's packed with saints. Packed with them. August. I don't know why, but like it has the, I think it, I looked it up one time. It does have the most saint days on the Roman calendar of any other, any month. Hmm. And we have an interesting uh, gospel reading this Sunday um, that we hear twice. Like there was a daily mass where it was an option for the gospel. Mm -hmm. And then we hear it again this Sunday. I don't know if we hear more of it, but it's the same story. Um, which is cool, and it's a great gospel reading. I think it has a lot. Like, if you ever read the gospels before Sunday or pray with them or reflect on them or, you know, do, you know, any type of maybe Lexio Divina or, you know, whatever, um, you got a great gospel reading this Sunday. You know, Jesus walking on the water in the storm, and then he invites Peter out to walk, you know, on the water towards him. You know, that whole scene and image. Yeah, it's interesting in Matthew, as we go through this year of Matthew, uh, year A, the walking on the water scene. So you got uh, the previous chapter is a feeding of the 5,000. Right. Then Jesus goes up a mountain to pray. Yes. And his disciples go out on a boat. And then he comes down from the mountain to calm the storm and walk on water. And um, so... These two huge miracles, feeding 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, mm -hmm. walking on water and calming storms. These are like things not normal people do. But then right in the middle of it, literally on top of it, as he goes up the mountain, is prayer. The prayer of Jesus. Right. The way Jesus prays. And uh, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's exactly what our Lord wants to reveal to us about the power of prayer mm. is that prayer, one, has everything we need in it as he fed the 5,000 and then goes to pray. And then prayer can bring the mountain, the peace and calm of the mountain to the storms of our lives as Jesus comes down from the mountain and brings with him into the sea his prayer, his relationship with his Father, his confidence, and then gives that prayer, gives that relationship with his father to Peter and the apostles, right? Like, you come on, you come on the water. And then the gospel ends with um, them calling him the son of God and worshiping um, him. Yeah, you make a great point. You know, the gospel starts with that, like, and he fed the people. Jesus made the disciples get in the boat and proceed to the other side of the lake, you know? Um and he dismissed the crowds, and he went up to the mountain to pray by himself, like just to be with the Lord, to, yeah, just be filled up, to detox, to whatever, like just be in prayer and to be fed in relationship with the Lord. And then, you know, that moves him into the sea. You know it's, I, you know what I love? There's so many great images here in the gospel uh, that really pop out to me. But, you know, one of the things I always go back to when I'm reading either this rendition of of the storm and Jesus coming out into the water is that the Lord moves into the storm you know not away from it mm -hmm. and so like in, in our lives that imagery of the chaos in our life the the ups and downs the you know the dust storms the the, the what like Jesus moves into 
our storm. He's not afraid of it. He doesn't reject it. He doesn't walk away from it, but longs to enter into it. And so I really love that imagery there. And then, of course, the boldness of him calling Peter out. You know, like, let me let me give you a, a practice rep on what faith looks like, even though he knows Peter's going to sink, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's got to build into Peter the reputation of practicing his faith, right? Like believing and, and stepping out because he knows that Peter's going to need more faith down the road. Yeah, that's true. That's a great point. When he reveals to Peter what faith is ultimately made of, which is that relationship with the one you believe in. You know, Peter has to come to know who his father is. And Peter has to come to know how much love the father has for him that he gave his only son for Peter. Right. There's a lot that Peter needs to learn about that relationship with his father that the Lord, like you said, is training him in. But Jesus can walk on water without any help because of his union with his father. Hmm. And then Peter will one day raise the dead without any help except from the Lord Jesus, right? But right. because of his relationship with his father through Jesus, Peter doesn't need Jesus's hand to raise the dead or to preach the gospel later because Christ will be in him by the Holy Spirit. And so that lack of faith that Peter has is being formed up. But what what is he being formed up in? In that intimate connection with his father mm-hmm. in heaven through, through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, this is what... Our Lord reveals, like the transfiguration last Sunday, I mean, what the glory of the transfiguration is only revealing how awesome the relationship between the Father and Son is. This is my beloved Son. Right. You know, and that walking on water experience is only revealing who's in front of them, the Son of God himself. Well, I think the storm's very important. The waves are very important to this story, or they mm-hmm. would have been, you know, neglected from the story. And, you know, Jesus could have walked down on a calm sea. It could have said, you know, the sea was like glass. You know, it was a calm night, and Jesus walked out. No, I think the important part of the story in the the scene is there were waves, there were winds, there was a storm. And Jesus didn't say, well, I'm going to wait for that to calm down before I go out there. Mm -hmm. he, He entered into that, into the storm, into the waves, into the chaos, and he invites Peter to, he didn't calm the storm and then invite Peter out. So he gives Peter an opportunity to practice his faith. And, and here's what's important is that that's how we grow in, in our relationship with the Lord, right? It, it's, it's okay to like try and fail and practice and be like, man, you know, work on your prayer, you know, study, but also like just grow. We grow in believing by trying and believing, right? It's a great point. And in fact, our faith grows more by failure. I mean, think, because remember, faith is simply believing what God is telling us. And he's saying he loves us. He's saying that he created us for a purpose, to share life with him with ever. This is what he's telling us. We're going to know his love much more in the mercy we have from failure than in when we do everything right and never make a mistake. I mean, right. think about the times you knew your parent loved you or your friend loved you, like your spouse loved you. It was when you made a mistake and they loved you anyway mm-hmm. that you really understood their love, right? Right. If I told you this, which you've heard before, but if I said, you know, love is a decision, not a feeling, you would be like, that makes sense. It's hard, but yeah, that makes sense. Love's a decision. If I said the same thing to you about faith and said, 
love and faith is a decision, not a feeling. A lot of people would be like, well, but the same is true. Mm -hmm. Faith is a decision. It's an action that we do over and over. Just like love. We fail at love. We fall short of love. We love imperfectly. It doesn't mean we we stop repetition of it, right? We don't Mm -hmm. stop loving. I mean, some people do, but we shouldn't. We, we continue to push through and choose to love even when it's difficult, right? Mm-hmm. That's how we grow in love. That's how we grow in the virtue of it. Same as with faith is we grow in practice of it by choosing faith, by choosing to believe, by believing that what the Lord says is true. It's not a feeling. Uh, yet sometimes do we feel in love? Certainly, but not the majority of the time. Sometimes do we feel faith? Certainly, but not the majority of the time. And so as we grow in believing and choosing to believe, our faith begins to grow slowly like a mustard seed, as the gospel talks about. And I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we're like, well, I don't believe the way the saints do or the, you know, the, I don't believe it's okay to be growing in believing. I think it's a great point for this passage because like you were talking about the waters, I mean, biblically waters represent chaos. That's what they represent. If we go back to Genesis and death. And, and death. If we go back to Genesis, the spirit hovered over the waters mm. before God brought order to that chaos. And the waters, because of, I mean, who knew what was in the waters at the time? We still have parts of the ocean we've never explored. It's crazy because we can't figure out how to get down there. Right. It's it's unknown. It's uncharted. It's chaos, right? Mm. Um, but God orders the chaos in creation when he hovered over the waters and said, let there be land, and there was land. And our Lord orders the chaos of the storm in today's, in that gospel, when he rebukes the storm and it's silent, right? Like he can order the chaos, but it's not that there's something wrong with the chaos, right? Like it's, see, that was before sin entered the world. We hear about the waters being ordered by God. And a lot of times we feel so discouraged when our faith is weak or we feel like we, whatever. Um, But it's not it's not that we're doing something wrong when we're trying to believe. We're, you know what I'm saying? We're actually right. doing something right. And when we hit the borders of our weakness and our limitations, that's a good thing. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you look throughout all of Scripture, Old Testament uh, alike, water represented life and death, mm-hmm. right? In the great flood of Noah, everything died except the animals that were saved on the ark, right? And then new life came, right, after the flood went down. Well, in the parting of the Red Sea, uh, God parts the Red Sea. The Israelites walk through to new life, and yet it closes in on their enemy. So death was given to the enemy who was after them to bring them in slavery, right? In baptism, we believe that we died to sin, right? Uh, in the walking on the water, it represented both life and death, like mm-hmm. a sense that Peter was walking away from his old life into new, but he still experienced humiliation and some death in trying, right? And and yet I believe, and I think the saints would teach this too, the, the spiritual writers, the church fathers, that Peter left that scene uh, much better, even though it looked like failure. Mm-hmm. Like his faith grew in that moment of decision, even though he might have looked back and be like, whoa, it didn't work out exactly the way I planned it, you know? <laughs> And so it brought life and death. You know, something died in Peter in a good way. Yeah. And something grew in Peter in a good way. Yeah. And God's not scared of our limitations. He knows they're there. 
Or how are we going to grow unless we're pushed to those limitations? That's right. I mean, the spiritual writers talk about this down to the centuries. You're not going to grow in any virtue unless you perform an act that maximizes what you can do. That's right. If you lack humility, try to be as humble as you can, and you'll grow in that virtue. But if you do 75% of what you're capable of, you won't grow actual atrophy. You'll mm-hmm. grow in vice. So like if, we, if we keep wanting to find a comfortable faith that we can just live in and never push ourselves, forget it. You know what virtue I was reading about this week that popped up in Scripture, and I was reading the, the, the footnotes? Veracity. Yeah. Love of the truth. The virtue of the veracity. Truth. I was like, yeah, I love that word. Just like the virtue of like just discovering the truth and wanting the, and telling the truth, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was cool. Okay, speaking of boxes today, do you have a, a weird Catholic stuff? <laughs> What? Yep. That's weird. You're weird. Why do Catholics do weird things? You got a box today. Weird. Catholic. Yeah. I did get a box today. Yeah. Thank you for that box. You the ever hot heard, box. I heard the saying, like, I'm going to box your ears? No. What does R- that even mean? Really? Yeah. Oh, like a haircut. No. No. no okay. No, no, no. I'm going to box your ears in. Have you ever heard it that way? Like punch your ears yeah. in? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, like boxing. Yeah. That sounds violent. Yeah, but it it almost sounds like, hmm, wow, mm. is that, okay. I've never heard of that. No. Yeah. That'd be, a, I guess, a good goal if you're trying to hurt someone is to punch their ear into their Just head. Just box their ears Just in. Just box it in. Yeah. Um, so the weird Catholic thing is uh, is the upcoming of Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Is that upcoming? Oh, well, we celebrated on the 15th. It happened quite a while ago, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like like <clears throat> when? Like Almost 2,000 years ago. Oh, really that far? Yes. Um, Gotcha. But there's a lot of weird stuff about this that we could talk about, especially if you're not Catholic. This this got weird stuff all over it, all right? But even if you are Catholic, you may not realize how weird some of this stuff gets. So, for example, we could talk about uh, the argument that's been happening for centuries about whether or not the Blessed Mother actually died or if she just fell asleep. Now, if she died, um, as soon as her earthly life ended, so her soul separates from her body, we would have to admit that as soon as that happened, she was raised from the dead, just like her son Jesus, and then assumed body and soul into heaven. So, pretty much instantaneously. Like there wasn't a moment where her body was separated from her soul and her body started to decay or live the dead life as a body, right? But the Eastern part of the church um, has it as a certitude that no, she never died because she did not have original sin or the stain of original sin. And so being that death is uh, an effect of original sin, They see it as unacceptable, the idea that she would actually die. And so they say she just fell asleep. So they call it the dormition of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She just fell asleep and then was assumed into heaven. So you can start fighting with your friends about this, you know, what you think is accurate. Um, It's, uh, as far as I've seen, I've never seen anything in the West that says we have to believe she just fell asleep. Like we can't say that she died. So the way people typically avoid even getting into the argument is they say things like, when her life on earth was complete, she was taken up 
body and soul into heaven to avoid weighing into the the argument. Now that the thing itself is pretty weird too. The assumption, the only person that was ever assumed uh, into heaven. Now in the Old Testament, we know of a couple of characters that ascended into heaven, like Jesus did, right? So we got Enoch, and then we got Elijah, who mm-hmm. went up in a fiery cloud. But they ascended. To be assumed is something totally different. This is totally. So where's the teaching of the of like the assumption come from? It's a great question. That's another weird thing. Um, okay, so the assumption is the most recent dogma of the church of the Blessed Virgin Mary um, that we have to definitively believe. It's actually pretty recent. People don't realize that. Um, but there was never, like, we don't, Mary, like, they never found her body or buried her. Like, this, Correct. the whole teaching goes back all the way t- to there, right? And there is a, a tradition all the way back to the apostles of Mary's assumption. Also, there's a tradition that's pretty ancient of Joseph's assumption, St. Joseph. But the church has never declared that to be dogma yet. But there's actually a tradition of his assumption as well. Really? Whose assumption? St. Joseph. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that, but that's not official. Not yet. Right. Not yet. Well, it wasn't until 1950, which is pretty recent, that the dogma of the assumption was proclaimed. And um, so that's a weird thing, you know. But the church has always believed in the assumption, but now it's definitively held that you must believe in the assumption for Catholic faith. So, like, before that, if you didn't believe in it, you didn't, like, sin against Catholic faith, let's say. Hmm. But now, and that's not because it's a new idea that doesn't go back to Jesus or isn't contained in Scripture. It's just that it hasn't been definitively declared to be contained in Scripture in the tradition of the Church until 1950. So in a funny way, or fun way, in the imagery of all this, the difference between Jesus' ascension and Mary's assumption physically, like what's that look like? It's a great question. You know, some folks, uh, it's been depicted as her very act, like alert standing, it's also been depicted of her like laying down like she was being pulled from her deathbed. Um, but the tradition has it. I've heard it. So the difference between ascension and assumption is what? So ascension on your own power, you go up. Okay. So like Jesus flew up like Superman. Because he's God. Into the clouds, yeah. Okay. And assumption is God brings you up. Yeah, like a, Reaches like down a force field just pulls just you like, in. Boom. Just like Star Trek. You right. Go. You 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 get orbited in in this like you know little suction, right? Now the only I love that the only the most detailed description I've ever seen of what we think actually happened. Um, she was surrounded by the apostles who were in the area because they knew she would be dying soon or her her life would come to an end soon. Let's say, and there's even a tradition that apostles who were off preaching the gospel were mystically involved. They right. like bilocated so that they could see the assumption. Um, and she either just disappeared or she literally like went up into the clouds. Hmm. There's a church there today called the, uh, it's a Benedictine Abbey of the Dormition of Mary. Um, so again, that idea of she went to sleep. And yeah, 
So it's it's a really weird situation. There, like a, like a hot air balloon, like a helium balloon, just floating up. You know, <laughs> like just like I wonder who was witness of that, or if anyone. Like I don't, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like right, it's kind of crazy. Okay, so what day do we celebrate this? The August fifteenth. Okay, is that like a holy day? Is it a solemnity? It's a like, holiday of obligation. Now this year it falls on a Tuesday. You always gotta now you gotta watch it because so it falls on a Tuesday. Yeah. Do we celebrate? Sometimes they celebrate on on sometimes a Sunday. Sometimes they do, but not not this year. Not this year. Tuesday's good. Tuesday's good. Yeah, yeah. We have this new pattern in the U.S. Most dioceses that. Like if it falls on a Monday, it's not a holy day of obligation because we don't want people to have to go to mass two days in a row, stuff like that. Okay, but when it's in midweek, we're good. We cleared it, so it's on Tuesday. Um, another weird thing about the assumption. So, this idea that Mary and Jesus are the only resurrected people. Um, even Enoch and Elijah, so, okay, they were taken up body and soul into heaven, aren't sharing in the glory of the resurrection of Jesus yet mm-hmm. in the way that Mary and Jesus are. So it's because that because of Mary's assumption and her glorified body that she's able to appear on earth in her actual state. So, like, you have some saints that op- appear, let's say, like St. Therese, right? She'll appear to you, but she doesn't actually have her body right now in heaven. Okay. She'll appear to have a body. Well, when the Blessed Virgin Mary appears, she's appearing with her actual body because it is glorified and resurrected and united with her soul in a way that if Jesus appears, like when Jesus appears to Saul, 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 why are you persecuting me? He was actually there, body and soul. Same thing with Mary. Because of her assumption... Uh, her apparitions are not just visions. Like she literally appears with her body. And she only she and Jesus can do that, which is cool. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, the assumption, man, it's uh, it's something. Um, wow. I'm all, yeah. Hmm. Sort of like, you know, we were talking the other night at home about... Uh, the resurrection of the body. I know mm-hmm. it sounds weird, but like the whole mystery around that, you know, and scattering of ashes and like, you know, right? Like all that. And and then how does the resurrection of the body work? You know, it's mm-hmm. such a mystery. But um, anyway, that's it's weird stuff. It's just all weird. Yeah, it is weird. When I was talking to someone over Now, the Mary weekend, assuming to me is not weird. Mm-hmm. Like I just think, oh, of course she's the mother of God. She was sinless, and and yeah, like y'all just need to take her up, you know. Yeah, we don't need to bury this girl, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it would seem strange to have a sinless person stay here. Um, I was talking to somebody over the weekend who was thinking about being Catholic, and this is one of her main hangups: is the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um. You know what's interesting to me is and and I've dealt a lot with young people and young adult people, right? And and they have a lot of questions and and <clears throat> whatnot early on. And you know, one of the things to me and even dealing with adults is to tell them is like for you to be Catholic doesn't mean that right now today 
that you have to be forced to believe everything that's in some ways is a mystery. Mm -hmm. Like you can at the same time be Catholic, faithful, Christian, and reside to yourself to say, you know, that's still a mystery to me. I don't fully get it or understand. And so you're you're wrestling with the teachings of, of Mary. It's okay to say, I don't fully understand that yet. It's a mystery to me. Like I don't, get it fully all the way yet. You know, and we were talking about faith. This is where we just kind of put faith in, into a choice. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to choose to sort of learn and believe. Um, and although I don't fully understand it, I'm just going to be okay with not knowing right now. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's okay. Like you, you don't, you don't have to like really kind of like, force yourself to like, you know, be where you're not. Right. Well, and a relationship with the blessed mother is one of those things that, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of the treasure in the field to borrow our Lord's parable. So he talked about when you find a treasure in a field, you sell all you have to buy the field. So thus you get the treasure too. Right. Devotion in re- to our Blessed Mother in relationship with her is something like that in that, you know, it's, it's, it's a deep treasure of Catholic faith to know who Mary is and to have her in your life. Hmm. But it's something of a hidden treasure in becoming Christian. Like when we're baptized as little babies, we don't necessarily know. Now we, we experience the love of Mary because she's our mother and she has interceded for us to even be baptized. But we don't know fully yet who this woman is and what a relationship with her looks like and why she was she was given to us by her son on the cross. We don't know that yet. And you're right, we should have a certain patience with ourselves, but we should also know that <clears throat> there's some treasure here to find, to discover. And we should get shovels out and start digging a little bit, you know? <laughs> um, there's a lot. And, and that's the importance of these feast days. Learn more about the assumption than you knew last year. Mm. Read a little bit about it. Pray with it. Talk to our Lord about it. Talk to Mary about it. You know, why is this even important? I remember in college, uh, a friend of mine who was deep into his faith, great Christian, but he basically said on this feast, like, wh- what does it matter that Mary was, like, how does that even affect me? Hmm. Um, well, he went on a journey and discovered more and more. It actually does matter that Mary was assumed into heaven. That matters to me. Um, but starting with that question is not a bad thing to ask that question. What does this even matter? You know, like, wh- why does this affect me that Mary went to heaven? Okay, great. You know, or how she went to heaven. Great. It's a great question. Start praying about it. Start digging. You'll find a treasure for yeah, yourself. Absolutely. Okay. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Paying too much for healthcare and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare. 
welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Uh, Deacon Bear, given all the tunes and saying, you're delirious. I think it was the box that put you in a good mood. Definitely. The yeah. hot box. The hot box. I can't wait to tell Marianne about what I got. Yeah. You even just showed me how to use the wrist brace. I, I wouldn't have figured it out on my own. You right. saw me trying. <laughs> it's kind of confusing. Yeah, you have to wrap it around your thumb and then wrap it around your wrist. And then it kind of like really... Yeah, I felt strong when I had it on. It does. It, it gives you some like reassurance in your joints, which I need. I think. Okay, something weird and funny actually. What? Um, <clears throat> it ties into the show. So I had um, a guy reach out to me to be on his radio show, podcast, maybe even YouTube interview. I don't. And his name is Bear. Bear Wozniak? Bear Wozniak. <laughs> yes. Have you heard of Bear Wozniak? I have. Yeah, I so have. he reached out. I, I'm excited. I'm going to be on his show and next month. Yeah, Bear's great. So Bear's from Hawaii. That's what, that's what I got in the email. Mm-hmm. He lives in Hawaii because he gave me his address to send him a book. And so I, I, my book is going to land... On the island of Hawaii. Wow. Soon. Wow. I don't know how long it takes to get there. It may be after the interview. I have no idea how long it, it takes. Good. Okay, so how do you know Bear? Wise? Well, in 2015, mm. I went to the EWTN Catholic Radio Conference. Oh. And... His show's on EWTN, right? It is okay. now. Okay. This was before all that. Okay. And Bear was just showing up. I don't know if he had a station. I don't know. How about Bear? He, he just I wanted to get the, involved. We obviously love the name Bear because yeah. this is your nickname. So Woznik is uh, Polish. You told me about Apparently, this. Apparently, yeah. And, I, uh, I, I'm not super smart, but I could pick <laughs> up on that. And I think his parents moved to Hawaii. I forget. And they were of Polish descent, and then they named him like more, a more Hawaiian name, I guess, Bear. That's his name, by the way. That's his a, actual yeah. name, not like a nickname, like no. your Deacon Bear. No, no, he's the real deal. Yeah, not it looks very you know masculine and just. So I'm driving. I'm riding from the hotel to the conference in this shuttle bus, and the guy behind me, who ended up being him, was asking me all these questions and about my relationship with Jesus and his relation and how much of an adventure the gospel is. He was talking about how he wanted to uh, to do a show on EWTN weekly, hmm. and uh, about the adventure. Of following God in your life, right? Wow! And then, like a year later, it's on. It was on. That was him. And he also he also did this like reality TV show on EWTN, which is pretty sweet. But he got a. I haven't seen it. Sorry, Bear. I love you. I just uh, haven't seen the show. I've seen clips, but they go around the country on motorcycles. It's called the uh, I think the Great Adventure or something like that. But they drive around evangelizing on motorcycles with like young people and stuff. Wow! It's something. Anyway. He, uh, <laughs> he's a tandem surfer. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he looks like an adventurer. Oh, he is. You know, and so I think he and I would hit it off. I mean, he's an adventurer. I love the outdoors. The outdoors in Hawaii are probably oh, much different than off. the outdoors Dude, in South Louisiana. you need to convince him to fly you over there for the show. And I then, mean, you could do it over the air, but, you know. You need to go to his studio. And, he, you know, it looks like a guy would want to walk with in faith but at the yeah. same time like if i ever got in a fight it'd be like hey bear oh yeah bear's yeah. who you want on your side yeah i haven't seen him in person big guy you know like oh yeah barry he's bear. not very tall but so you got him on that 
but like he's muscular. Okay, yeah. so we'd be a good tag team. Do you know what tandem surfing is? Well, I'm assuming it's two people on a board. Yeah, he explained that like you, the guy surfing and he holds up the woman like in some kind of poses oh. as you're surfing. Oh, like it's like how would you? And he's like a world champion at this. Like he's it's not a hobby. World champion. Okay, so it's sort of like. Uh, like a circus. It's oh. like figure skating while with That's surfing. what I was thinking. Figure yeah. skating with a partner and you're holding them up, but you're on a surfboard. That's yeah. an, that's um, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, I've heard his radio show plenty of times. It airs on Saturday on this station. Okay. So Christ oh, nice. Our King Radio. Nice. Um, well, Bear, look, you're on the stage. Look, yeah. we're friends already. It's going to be great. I got a lot going on. I'm going to Atlanta tomorrow. Right on. What you doing, doing in Atlanta? Doing a day of consulting. The working genius team assessment for a parish staff, uh, their team. That's great. Um, what parish? Christ the King uh, Cathedral. Yeah. Okay, in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then I speak to their men's group for like a, a men's day on Saturday. So it's great. I get to do consulting and then speaking. Tell me about this consulting work. What does it look like? Why do you do it? I love helping people because, you know, I was a young person running an organization and just trying to figure all that out, making a lot of mistakes. And then I, I just love it, and particularly in my season of life, helping companies, organizations fulfill their mission, come to clarity on what that looks like, how to build a strategy around accomplishing that, how to have a healthy team that helps build that, how to communicate well, run meetings, um, and, yeah, I just enjoy that part of the mission work, you know. So. Yeah, the older I get, the more I've, I've learned a few things. One, um, a great organization doesn't happen on accident. Mm-hmm. Like, it really takes a lot of intention yep. about culture. About, 100%. And that for the church, that's vital, right? Like, an effective church parish or diocese is not going to happen on accident. Right. And then, uh, two, things can get really complicated and away from that core mission you were established to do pretty quickly and easily actually like right. it's it's actually not that hard or unheard of that and not to say that like we should feel bad about ourselves or organizations or a parish or whatever but a lot of times it's just a matter of effectively refocusing on what the reason you exist is makes all the difference in the world hmm. i know i've seen that with working with you over the years too like it's it's usually not complicated to to get recommitted to your founding vision and for the church, I mean, how important is that, right? Like to recommit to the salvation of souls um, in the particular way that God's called us to do it. Right. Because it can get pretty complicated pretty quick, and then all of a sudden you're spending most of your time not accomplishing your mission. Hmm. So then, that's awesome. So you're going to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So we're recording on a Wednesday. The show's going to post on a Friday, but I'll be out there, and then you you got tons of stuff going on. So, yeah, it's great. Thanks, everyone, for being a part of the show, for listening to it. Um, feel free to share it on the podcast. And thanks to everyone in hot Louisiana. Hope they don't get a hot box when it's hot. Uh, I hope their pipes don't burst out of hotness. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a pipe no, you're, you're, bursting no, from heat? No, I've never it heard happened. of that. I've, I've never heard of that. It happened. I mean, I've been, I've been in the South a long time, dude. I've never heard of that. So. You have been in the South. Longer than me, really. Yeah. 
So anyway, uh, great show. Thanks to Deacon Bear. And shout out to Bear Wozniak, who uh, I'm going to talk to. The real bear. Do you think we can have the like OG bear. a bear versus bear fight? Yeah. Because he would totally win. He would He would drown you. He would. What if you were the person he was holding up on a <laughs> That could be the bear and bear show. That could work on a surfboard. That could work. I'd be the one screaming for I my life. I would pay <laughs> so much money to see that. Okay. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back next week. God bless. Thank you.